Hello and welcome to session 37 of the One Love Art Sessions, Impact. I'm James LJ. I'm Crespo. And I'm Ojeda. And together we scour the earth looking for amazing creatives to bring to you, our listeners, for heart-to-heart -heart discussions, creativity, and learning. Uh, on today's episode, I, I wanted to kick it off by um, talking about, have you guys heard about this? A, a cube that was made out of solid gold that was in Central Park? I heard it about it today. Just now? <laughs> well, it's good. I was I'm today years old. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't hear about it, actually. You'll hear why. So there's this cube. It was about 186 kilograms, um, and it's made out of 24 karat gold, right? So picture that. And it was constructed and displayed in the middle of Central Park last week. Uh, it was called the Castello Cube. I wanted to say Castillo, but I think it's Castello Cube. And it was named after the artist Nicolas Castello. And it was valued around $11.7 million worth of gold. Mm. So he said that the idea was to create something that was beyond our world, something that's intangible. So, of course, there is a connection to NFTs, right? right. Because so, nothing, so cannot, right. nothing cannot have NFT in it these days. Um, so it's even have, it even has its own cryptocurrency called the CAST, C-A-S-T, and it'll have a series of NFTs that'll be released on February 21st. Um, so I learned that much of the cost of the gold in production was raised by the pre-sale of the cast currency. So that's interesting because when huh. you think about a giant gold cube, well, who's paying for it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. The artist probably isn't front running that money. Um, so I have no issue with conceptual art, but for whatever reason, this one fails to deliver the impact intended by the artist. Uh, maybe I it was trying to do too many things at once, perhaps the relatively small scale, because the cube was only about the size of a like a small Home Depot packing box. Right. Maybe that small kind of scale failed to leave a lasting impression on the art world. Mm -hmm. So um, the world flocked to see the gates by Christo and Jean-Claude. Have you guys yes. remember those? Yeah, 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 everyone came to go yeah. see those. But this cube barely made a whimper. Um, Crespo, you didn't even hear about it until today. Yeah, I didn't. And, and like you just brought up that the Crystal and John Claude piece. I mean, that's that that became an attraction. Exactly. Yeah, so, you had to do it. So um, so you seem like so I've heard about it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like when you heard about it, you went to like the real internet to find out all about it. <laughs> I went I went to Twitter because that's where I found out about like if For I sure. hear about something, I want to know what people are saying. Um and on Twitter like if you look this thing up, it's you go to, like anytime stupid art comes out and uh -huh. I'll just call this stupid art for now. Cause it's just, it's a genre. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's great to just to see the reactions of people. And I think one of the first reactions, it was a back and forth with two people and someone was like, yet there's still people starving in the world. And someone else oh. was like, what do you want them to do? Feed them the gold. Like <laughs> the gold <laughs> yeah, will exist whether or not. People right. I mean, are there will always be the um, the argument of, you know, monetary inequity. Yeah. Um, I, but I think that's just another one of the layers that the artist was trying to lay on top of this, you know. <laughs> but I, I think it missed the mark. Um, so I'm more interested, actually, because the box after it was taken down was replaced by a giant box of Velveeta cheese. Was <laughs> that real? Yeah, it was. I, 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 I thought oh it was my God. AR. I saw an article. I, yeah, I thought it was mashed. I thought it was uh, the onion when I saw that. Me too. I did. I tried really hard. I, I, I it looked like it could have been like a, a augmented reality, but no, they they actually put it up 
it was a box of Velveeta cheese. And that's super interesting, right? Now it's I want to go. Worthy. Right. Mm-hmm. I would definitely go visit the box of cheese. Uh, but this gold cube is just another one of those cubes uh, that will be forgotten. Hmm. So anyway, so, to, to so, segue into our So talking our about... Uh, no, but before we continue, talking about Central Park and talking about New York City, uh, I, I read something right before we came on the show and I and I sent you guys a message and I was like, we at oh least boy. have to have to pay attention to the fact that this exists. So New York City, Central Park, <laughs> pigeons. Right? Right. We all love pigeons, right? And by love, I mean hate. Um, so just before we came on the show, I stumbled upon Mike Tyson's NFT project, which is dropping, which is essentially a bunch of these really scary looking pigeons, like just pigeon NFTs. And it's, it's just, a PFP project. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like traits. And so we don't have to go deep into it. If you're listening, <laughs> you just need to know that this thing exists. Um, that you need to buy one. Yeah. And no, if I Please if I ever it. told you that that <laughs> NFTs were a good thing, I'm rethinking it now just because Mike Tyson is dropping a bunch of pigeons um, right. with like scary faces. I'll play devil's advocate <laughs> for a moment because uh, like I'm, I was look I was looking at them and they're not as terrible as some of the ones that sell out. So it's it's so oh, weird. Yeah. It's a weird like place. That doesn't mean I'm gonna buy into it. Um, we're de- the three of us are definitely completely guilty of missing every opportunity. Yeah. So. Which means uh, that they'll, this will this project will do terribly, and because the art is good, yeah, because <laughs> the art is good. Yeah, no, it's Mike Tyson. Someone's someone's gonna buy this thing, and think, in six months they're gonna be like, I can't believe six months ago Mike I lived Tyson on the street also, and now I have a house. He did good with the one on ones. Yeah, he he had a pretty successful run in NFTs, so he's not a stranger to the space. But you know, it, it it's the age well, we live in. Anything can be created into an NFT, whether it's a uh, yeah. Mike Tyson pigeon or a giant chunk at, of gold. At least there's some backstory there where he likes to that he likes to uh, fly right. and there's race a connection. pigeons. And yeah, yeah. Maybe the cartoon. Maybe the cartoon will get another season out of it. You were hating on the pigeons, and look, now we're all fans. I'm not. <laughs> I'm still not ready to be a fan of it, but it's uh, I mean, it's something. Crespo it's ball something. while we were talking. Yeah, yeah. I already loaded up. The <laughs> Opened up my Coinbase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's okay. <laughs> enough with pigeons. Uh, let's let's actually jump into our topic. Uh, I think we actually jumped into a little bit, right? Because uh, the impact of a gold cube or a box of Velveeta in Central Park. What is the impact of those? Things yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We did. <laughs> but I mean, we all have our own definition or thoughts on impact, whether it be the impact you have during you know the first time you're meeting someone, um, the impact that can be left by a speech or the impact you leave before you die. Mm. Uh, as an artist and as parents, our impact can take many forms. And ultimately we have this crazy ability to live on beyond our days. Uh, I know I'm, I'm being morbid, but I mean, it's true. Uh, impact is one of those things you think about. What is my lasting impact uh, when I leave this earth? Right, so today we're joined by someone who embodies the idea of impact in various facets of his life. Mike King, a Philly native, now living in Brooklyn, is the founder and managing director of iPull Rank. Has an extensive background in software, develop, web development, and a proclivity for creative solutions. Uh, last but not least, Mike is a rapper, going under the name, well, Mike King, who has performed and toured with many notable other artists, and who recently released his album Iconic after some time off. Mike, we try to do all our guests justice, uh, but we always miss something. What should our listeners know about you? 
I feel like that's a good place to start. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I used to rap under the name Icon Mike King before I switched to my, you know, real name, basically. But when you turn 40, you can't have like a superhero rap name anymore. But if you want to look up the old stuff, you can check out that stuff too. But yeah, I mean, I think you got that good in a nutshell. I'm also a serial entrepreneur. You know, I, I bought a website called undergroundhiphop.com, which is like a 20-year-old, 25-year-old um, mainstay on the web as far as like, you know, just like underground culture and things like that. But yeah, I think I think what you said is is me in a nutshell. That's great, man. It's good to meet you, Mike. Likewise. Thanks for having me. So, so as someone who works in, in the SEO space, and for mm -hmm. those who aren't familiar with uh, that search engine optimization. So for someone working in that space and is also a performer, I feel like the idea of impact must play a big part. Um, so how do, you, how do you view the word impact? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think a lot of my life has been like, you know, how can I make that impact? Like, how can I... Uh, support other people's dreams? How can I build a platform for people? How can I, you know, do things that get my own creativity out there and have an impact on people? Um, and, you know, for me as like a creative person, I'm really like, because because Jay brought up this idea of like, you know, living a life that like continues on after you're gone. And in fact, on one of my songs, I was like, I, I want to live a life that outlives me. You know, what I mean, like I've always wanted to do things that that reverberate across the world, across the spaces that I'm in. And, you know, I've I've done a lot of that in the SEO space. Like there are people that do SEO the way that I've like said, like, hey, here's how you do it um, around the world. And so impact to me is really about like using your time on this earth to do something bigger than you. And um you know, kind of like leave something that people can build on top of in a variety of ways or, you know, creating something, whether that's like our kids who, you know, will then create things and so on and so forth. Um, it's really about like just doing more than like what you can do in real time, do things that are going to just leave, resonate across the universe through time, basically. So there has to be like an intersection between impact and legacy, right? I mean, the two absolutely. seem like they, 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 they coincide. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, you know, um, it, it would be a shame if, you know, this is all said and done and I didn't get all the creativity out of me. You know what I mean? Like, I want to die empty. Like, I don't, I don't want to have hmm. any more ideas left. Like, I'm going to, yeah. I want to feel like I got it all out. And, you know, I did everything I could. And then I just want to be on some like Bill Gates shit, just like, you know, solving the world's biggest problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but in the short term, I just want to use all my my technical abilities, my creative, my create uh, my creative abilities and create as much as I can and have as big of an impact as I can. Yeah, right on, man. So, so on this podcast, we've spoken uh, in the past about how e it's really easy for an artist to become overwhelmed with creativity and the way the life pulls us all in different directions. Um, yeah. So beyond your day job and music, um, mm -hmm. you're also a dad and public speaker who travels the world. Mm -hmm. Notable and notable appearances include SMX East, Search Love NYC, Seattle Interactive, and MozCon. Lastly, um, you are also a published author contributing to Fishkin and Hagenhaven's Inbound Marketing and SEO book. Mm -hmm. 
Can you tell us a little about a little bit about the book and also how are you managing all this? Not well. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly what you said. Yeah, you know I mean, like like every day it's a new series of ideas and it's like, well, how am I going to get this one done with all these other things I'm working on? And one of the more difficult things for me is that because I've had so many interests for so long and I'm like reasonably decent at most things, I can just be like, cool, I'm going to do this whole idea end to end, which yields like a whole bunch of half finished ideas. Um, but yeah, so to the book, I mean, that book wasn't too much of a big deal because it was just like an anthology of blog posts. So like, I didn't have to do anything. I'd already written my blog posts and they put it in a book. But right now I'm actually working on a book of my own called The Science of SEO. And that has been one of the most difficult things ever. And it's going to come out on Wiley Publishing too, which also put out that other book. Because um, the thing is, it's not hard. It's just like, I'm one of those people that creates when I'm in the mood to create. Like I can't be like, okay, well, every single day I'm going to write a page or something like that. Right. Like it just doesn't work. And so I have to like work myself into that mood to work on this book. And the book is meant to be like 360 pages. I'm like probably 120 in, but it's just so rare that I'm in the mood to be like, all right, well, all, after all those things you just described, like, you know, playing with my kids and running a business and, you know, all the other stuff that I'm doing, I'm never like, yo, let's go write that book. But to the point of impact, that's a key thing that I can do that's going to, again, reverberate across a whole bunch of people. Because, you know, a lot of people have seen me speak, a lot of people read the blog posts and whatever, but having the book, like you're creating this artifact that can teach so many people. And so, you know, despite the fact that I never feel like doing it, it's still like on the on my window right in front of me, like, yo, you got to get this done because it's so important to this idea of impact. Um, but yeah, it's really easy to get distracted. It's very easy to, you know, be working on something and, and kind of get bored with like being in the middle of it. Cause we all know it's so exciting to start something. It's also exciting to finish something, but in the middle, you're like, Ugh, I'm still sure. working on this. That grind. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you, when you're sitting there like, okay, I'm writing more pages, you're writing more pages. And you're like, yo, but I got this idea. And again, that cycle starts again. Cause you're like, oh, this is exciting. Let me figure out like how I'm going to do this and so on and so forth. But you got like these five other projects sure. that you got to work on. Yeah, I mean, you're speaking our language. It's like yeah. your, your inner monologue right now. <laughs> if we go through this every week. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is where we start our confession sessions about how, like, how many <laughs> ongoing projects we have. No, yeah. but that just actually reminded me of, and obviously, Mike, I've known you for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and when we first met, is probably one of those ideas that, like, is actually pretty awesome, and you should probably bring it back, was the crypto, right? Oh, it was the yeah. smart contracts. Yeah. So you, and if you don't mind me just kind of bringing it up, it was this idea of, it was Scratch, right? Yep. It was a Scratch cryptocurrency, and it would be used for artists to basically be able to sell their music and make money in the same way someone sells an NFT, right? So they continuously can make res, you know, revenue off that music based on the smart contract. Yeah, and, and it was an idea that we had in like 2017. And we got as far as like, you know, building the proof of concept and everything. It was built on Ethereum. And like literally the week we launched that, John, uh, was like the, the first big crash of Bitcoin. Um, uh, with, you know what I mean? Where everyone was like, yeah, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden they were like, yeah, nah, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> and so 
I was like, well, what do I do with this? So we still have the the mm-hmm. tech sitting around. I just I just um, was so turned off by like all the effort that we put into that. And then everybody being like, ah, I don't know about your, your cryptocurrency, Mike. So um, and I moved on to other ideas at this point. You know, there's, there's something I'm building right now. It's called Sidetrack. It's like um, it's like Cameo for buying features. So if you're familiar with Cameo.com, yeah. it's, it's like the site where you buy you know, videos from celebrities and whatever. And so I, with my record um, that I put out recently, I took like an iterative approach to it, like, you know, using like agile methodology where it's like, all right, I could have just waited for all my features to come in um, or I could just put the record out as is and just update it, you know, kind of like how Kanye's done with his uh, last records, Drake did it with celebrity or not celebrity, um, certified lover boy as well. And I really think that's like, it's a, a move that makes sense for how music is delivered now. Like you have the ability to just put something out and just continually update it. So it's this like living piece of art. Um, right. And anyway, so I've been, I've been trying to get these features and it's been such a pain in the ass because it's like, you know, you got to convince someone who knows someone who knows someone to get you in touch with the artist or their manager. And it's, this whole big process, but the reality of it is, most of these these big name artists, like if they if you can make it easy for them, where they can get to vetted people, um, they just be like, cool, well, I got this verse, or yeah, I'll do this verse for you for X amount of dollars, and just have like a platform where you can transact, you create this marketplace. I think you know people would use it, and so um, that's something that we're building right now that I'm trying to bring to market probably in the next quarter. But I, I got off the topic. What was the original question? <laughs> Just having so many ideas and not really finishing them. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, I guess. Not <laughs> but but I think we all can relate to the, the halfway project. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just popped in my head because it's it's so funny because, uh, you know, NFTs and crypto, like I have such an understanding of it now. And I remember I created like all the digital assets, videos and everything for that. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what any like <laughs> I remember creating the video and it was like, and this is a smart contract. I was like, I don't know what this means. What's this? I'm not, and I finished the whole video and no had no idea. I was like, I guess this sounds cool. <laughs> but now and it's but it's interesting and I and I also bring that up because this was what three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, and now this is like if you bring this stuff up to the common person, they have at least a level understanding kind of, of, of what it is. Um, and this one's when no one was talking about it. Yeah. Like, there I, you were like, I'm going to make my own, you know, uh, crypto and, and, you know, have my own smart contracts. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's a gift and a curse to like be kind of ahead of your time. A visionary. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you see something, it's so clear and it's like, it's difficult to get people on board to make the thing because it's just like, just, just beyond what they can imagine. Now sure. to your point, if I was to bring up that idea now, people would be like, Oh yeah, I could do my NFTs on here. Da, da, da. Like it would just be simple. Oh, but um, I love, I love people like you because when you find <laughs> them, you know that they, they're going to be always one step ahead. And those are the people you want to kind of like, you know, latch on to because they are the visionaries. They're the future seekers and <laughs> they have a track record, right? So mm-hmm. you've been right about this, right about this. So the next crazy wild idea that we can't even perceive, 
there's a good chance that you might be at least headed in the right direction. Yeah, I remember in 2004, I was sitting, just like sitting around looking at my Palm Pilot, my flip phone, and my MP3 player. And I was like, yo, this should be one thing. <laughs> and then like three years later, we get the iPhone. I was like, damn, like I, I wish I wish I could have been in the place to be like, yeah, let's put these three things together. And when I started my agency it was really around that idea of like just building a really awesome team of people that when we have ideas that are like, you know, either just like a little bit further than where people are or whatever, we could just get together and execute that. Yeah. And so it, it was far less about like, yo, let's start another SEO agency or whatever. It was far more about like, let me generate revenue in the easiest way that I can and then use that to build an awesome team and then use that to fuel some of these other ideas. So to the point of making impact, I mean, that's like one of my key vehicles to be able to do that because, you know, like, first of all, it's difficult as a person of color to get VC funding to begin with. And then it's like you you start something and you basically have a boss or someone who like owns something of yours without doing any work. And I just don't like that idea. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's no different from like a record deal, right? Like you um, you're the one creating something and then there's people telling you how you need to do it. And of course they're paying for it. So they feel compelled to be able to tell you that, but then, you know, they profit off of your ideas. And I just, that just doesn't really work for me for where I'm at. And so, um, you know, like I said, it's like a key way that I can make impact, not just from being able to get my ideas out, but also being able to hire awesome people and get them the ability to just like build whatever they want to build. So, you know, I, I, I just use that as a way to impact other people's lives, help them be like kind of force multipliers to do more of what they envision. And then, you know, also every once in a while, I get to sprinkle in one of my ideas too. So it's a cool place to be. That's beautiful. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your music. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said that there was a, like a bit of a gap in your musical timeline. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that and, you know, the time off and if there was a catalyst? Absolutely. So <clears throat> it was 12 years between albums, basically. Um, I still did things here and there, like when people would ask me for features or whatever, or, you know, I do a show here and there, but it was never, um, you know, something I was consistently doing again. Prior to getting an SEO, that's what I did for a living. Like I was um, signed to a couple of indie labels, uh, one of which was distributed by Sony. So like back in the day when it was like, yo, my records in Best Buy, like that's that was the move. You know what I mean, like I had that and um, I was touring all over, you know, states, Europe, played in Australia, played in Africa once. Um, that was weird. Um, but, you know, and then I got into SEO because in 06, I got into a bike accident and, you know, first place to hire me was an SEO agency because of my my development background. Now I basically just keep my jobs until my boss would piss me off and then I would just go back on tour. And then at a certain point, I was like, yo, maybe if I stick with this, um, you know, I can make some real money. And so yeah. I started working at a big ad agency called Razorfish, eventually ended up in, in the city working here and then worked at a couple more agencies. And I was like, all right, well, if these knuckleheads can do it, I'm pretty sure I can figure it out. And so here we are seven years later um, and I have the agency and it's going well and all that. but 
you know, around 2011, when I really was like, all right, let me focus on this. Um, I was still, you know, doing shows and stuff. Like when I worked at Razorfish, they only had me working 24 hours a week. And so I just like smushed that in between Tuesday through Thursday. And then I could just continue to tour. So yeah. it's like, I was working a job, but like perpetually on tour. I remember one time, like I, I got off work and immediately went to the airport, flew to Ireland, did like three shows, came back and was at work on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at a certain point, you're, you end up making like real money and you're like, there's an opportunity cost to me focusing on music. It's like, I'm not making significant money from music and, you know, the records weren't like getting the level of uh, support. Cause like, I didn't have, you know, when you're indie, you don't really have a marketing budget. What you have is like, you hire a PR person for like a thousand bucks a month and then they send email blasts to like hip hop DX and everybody. And if someone there knows you or heard of you, they'll cover your record. And that's pretty much it. Like I'm not getting pitchfork mm -hmm. reviews and all that. So I was like, all right, well, I mean, <laughs> let's make some money then. Right. Sure. And as I, as I started speaking, it kind of replaced that feeling to some degree. And, you know, Jay's worked with me on, on putting together my decks. Like we did this one deck, it was all like Thanos themed and everything. And it was like, it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we did something crazy with that. And so that ended up being more of my creative outlet. Like there was parallels between a lot of things. Like me speaking at a conference was really similar to me doing a show or like me writing a blog post was like very similar to me writing like a punchline driven verse. Cause it's like, yo, I can't wait till people see this new thing I came up with. And so, um, yeah, like it, it just didn't really make sense for a long time. And I kept saying like, yeah, I want to work on a new record. I want to work on a new record. And it wasn't until my business coach was like, yo, you keep saying that if you're going to do it, you got to like literally schedule the time off, go to the studio and do it. And so what I did is I just went back to Philly and I scheduled a whole week. And I was just like, was in the studio from like, um, like 10 to six every day. Like I treated it like a job. And I was just like, all right, boom, I got to knock out three songs today. And I just kept doing that. And in that first week long session, I just like started to gravitate towards one dude's like beats. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, my dude Trox from out in uh, Portland. And, um, you know, I came home and I just kept listening to the joints we did. And I was like, yo, let's just do this whole EP together. Yeah. And he just kept feeding me beats and we just kept, right. you know, knocking joints out. And that was that. So it was kind of like a spark. Kind yeah of, uh... yeah and you know i think part of it like going back to philly and being able to get out of my day-to-day -day context get away from my kids you know it was it was just um easier for me to kind of snap back into rapper mode and um so we did the record and we put it out and my goal was like all right i gotta drop this before i turn 40 because i just turned 40 in august and uh we literally put it out and again jay helped me with this too because he did the logo he did the cover and all that and i literally hit him up like two days before, I think I was like, yo, can you help me with this? Like, I need to get this done. And he did, of course, because he's amazing. Um, and, um, you know, and I literally put it out at 11.59 on PM on August 28th, because my birthday is the 29th. And I was like, boom, we did it. We hit that goal. And, 
so like I said, the whole thing about the features was like, there's, there was like some people I really wanted to get on there. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to do that by that time frame. So it just kind of compelled me to just do the record in a way where I updated. So we got Little Fame from MOP on it. Um, I got Music Soul Child on it. And there's one more person I'm trying to get. I mean, I kind of just want to say it because it's been so hard to get them. But let's just say the the other best rapper from Philadelphia. I'm trying to get him on the record. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's been a cool experience. That's awesome. Um, I have a I have a question. Um, so. Rapper and SEO professional seems like an unlikely pairing. Mm-hmm. Is there an intersection between the skill sets? Yeah. So, all right. <clears throat> For me, like the way I rap is considered like technical rapping. You know what I mean? Where it's like a lot of syllable matching. Like, you know, when you, when you think of technical rap, you probably think of like Pharaoh Monch, Eminem, people like that. Um, you know, my style is is in that vein. And so I've always had like a proclivity for technical things. Like I've been coding since I was 12, I was self-taught. You know, I was the kid that would like take apart his keyboard and put it back together and and things like that. But I've also always been, you know, pretty creative. Like my first dream was to be a cartoonist. I used to draw my own comic books. I used to write graph, like all that stuff, right? So, you know, those are obviously things that, that make you good as a rapper, but they're also the things that make you good as an SEO because, you know, you have to be right and left brain to be effective at it because yeah. there's the aspect of it where it's like, okay, it's, you know, coding and things like that. And then there's the aspect of it of like, well, Google doesn't tell you how their algorithms work. Mm-hmm. So you've got to like figure it out. you got to be able to <clears throat> connect dots on things that, people don't necessarily understand. And so, and and so being able to, right. Like that, that creative problem solving combined with the technical components of it. Like it's the same thing for me on both of those things, you know, like people typically think of rap as just like a completely creative thing. And of course it is, but you know, music in general is basically math. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's, it's meter, it's, it's rhythm and so on and so forth. And especially if you're a technical rapper, it's a lot of structure. And so it's, it's really similar on both sides. And like I said, you know, there's similar feelings, um, I guess, emotional feelings that I get from doing a show as I do when I'm, I'm giving a talk. And I also approach both of those things very creatively. So you know, the, the following year that I spoke at the conference that Jay worked with me on, um, they went virtual because of the Pando. And I, we actually made an animated movie this time. You know what I mean? Like, who else is doing that in this space? Like, like how often do you hear like, oh, a speaker made a movie rather than give a talk? Right. And so it, it all comes from the same place for me. So it, it's actually very similar. Interesting. Um, so, so going back to this idea of impact, um, mm-hmm. and, and thinking about, again, we talked about all the different parts that make up who you are as a person. Uh, so my question would be, you know, what impact do you look to spark in with your clients? What impact do you hope to leave in hip hop? And I would say most importantly, uh, what is the impact you hope to leave on your kids? Yeah, I agree. Um, kids are obviously the most important thing. And so, 
You know, I look at it like this, because one thing I, I didn't really understand growing up was how good I had it. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is like, you know, I'm from North Philly. I spent like the first half of my life there. And, you know, that's basically the hood. It's not so much anymore because of gentrification, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but then, you know, my parents like progressed in their careers and, you know, my dad ended up doing really well. And so that afforded me, you know, a very different lifestyle. And so what, where I really benefit, I think, is that I got to see both experiences, right? Like I got to grow up not having everything to like pretty much not needing anything. Um, you know, as I got towards like high school years and things like that. And the impact that I want to be able to hand down to my kids is that, you know, they they'll never know the experience of growing up and, and not having everything that that they need. And also, I want them to, you know, be fearless, like be able to say like, hey, I want to do something and just do it, like have that you know, that, that grit, have that ability to not be scared to try things, like not be scared to fail. And, you know, I think that's the impact I've had on a lot of people. You know, there's been people who, um, who've worked with me who are like, they were kind of like uh, not secure in how great they were or what they were capable of. And whatever it was about like seeing me they're like, no, 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 I can embody that too. I can take these risks. I can do more um, than I thought I could. And I want my kids to always feel like that. Like, I want that to be their default. I want them to, you know, always be like, all right, I have this idea. I have this goal. I have this dream. There, there's nothing that stops me except for me. So that's the main thing I want for them. Um, for my clients, I mean, obviously they come to me because they want to make money or they want to, you know, uh, progress in their careers. And I, I want to continue to be that, you know, we, the last number that we pulled, I'm sure it's much higher at this point, but over the existence of iPool Rank, we've driven over a billion dollars in incremental revenue for our clients. So, Ooh. you know, I just want that number to keep going up, right? Because, yeah. like, because that leads to people getting promoted. Um, that leads to them having better lives and so on and so forth. And you know, that the second order effect of that is like the things that we derive from the work that we do, I share with, with the community, you know, like if there's something that I learn, I'm so eager to just get that out there so people can learn from it, add on right. to it. You know, it's just like, like sure. open source development, right? Like you make something, you're just like, yo, let's put it out there and see what else people can do with it. Like your um, books. Yeah, exactly. Like your blogs. Exactly. And what was the third? Oh, hip hop. Um, so I think that everything is converging right now. You know, like it used to be like, oh yeah, media is doing this. The internet is doing this. Music is doing this. Like that's all one thing now. And I think I'm uniquely positioned with the skill set that I've built over the years and, and the cultures that I, you know, weave with in and out. I'm uniquely positioned to make something that's going to change all of those things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like we were talking about with Scratch, we're talking about with Sidetrack and things like that. I want to do something that creates some sort of platform that, you know, I don't know, just like changes the game somehow. Like sure. the same way that like, you know, Spotify dramatically changed what music is now. 
Yeah. Like, I want to do something that leaves a mark on hip hop in that way. Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know what it is yet, but <laughs> I mean, listen, the way things are now is not the way things will be in five, 10 years. Agreed. So someone I'm, has to shake it up. I don't know what it is either, but I'm glad we heard it here first. So we're here for the, we're here for the ride. The exclusives. <laughs> and, uh, but, I, but I can say, um, yeah. and I mean, we've alluded to it a little bit, and I, I should have probably mentioned it in the beginning in your intro. I know you might because, you know, you gave me a job years ago, uh, back sure. in my young days. <laughs> uh, and I could co-sign um, that what you say is is genuine. You know, as, as someone that worked under you, um, you, you always had this push that, you know, how, how can I make you better as, as an individual, as a creative in your realm? Um, you know, and, you know, one of my tasks, I think were always to look for ways that I could be a voice mm -hmm. in, in the, in the realm that I'm done in. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that I bring with me even moving forward, little ways that I can leave my mark in places. Uh, so I definitely, yeah. I mean, everything you're saying, it definitely resonates. And I'm like, yeah, I, I agree with that. And like, so, that's also a way that you leave like an exponential uh, impact, right? Because you impact one person, you impact Jay, then Jay impacts two other people mm -hmm. and sort of kind of spreads out that way. Absolutely. So you have a Absolutely. very unique power in that sense. Are there two yeah. other people you and Crespo that I impact you guys? Of course, every day, every single day with the, the pigeons. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that that. Uh, Jay was able to help somebody because for me it's just been a down it's been a downhill relationship. <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy uh, for me. This is like I, I was waiting to be proven wrong. I was like, man, this guy got to be good for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> man, when you're on top, everyone wants to bring you down. <laughs> <laughs> now Jay did so much awesome stuff when he worked with us. Um, you know, I just I remember finally our time together and and. Um, you know, all the projects that he worked on, I remember them just getting like so much great feedback and things like that. And, and what I've always loved is just that, like, again, he has that unique intersection of, as well, where he's like worked corporate. He does like the the, you know, the street art type stuff. And so I couldn't believe that I didn't ask him earlier for my album cover because like he was tweeting about something and I was like, yo, can you help me? Because I was like, this is the perfect person. Um, but yeah, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to have worked with him. And it's really cool to see, you know, how his life has progressed, even though he moved to Jersey. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, <laughs> but, um, no, but um, now, but you're also, I could say, and I, I think we touched a lot upon like who you are as a musician, as a professional, but as a person too, I can co-sign. I mean, you know, as a boss, uh, you know, there was days where we were working, it was long days and you would just be like, I think everyone should go get a drink now. And we would go <laughs> and you would put your card down and you'd be like, let's drink. As long as yeah. this place had old fashions with a big round <laughs> cube, cube, which, yeah. which is when we first got a drink together uh -huh. and you ordered that, I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're like drink soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, did we ever go to Dutch Kills? They got the best old fashioned in the city, man. I it's in Queens did. though. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. It was that weird door. It was like yeah. a weird door you walked yeah. through. I thought, I honestly thought you were going to whack me because it seemed like <laughs> it was like one of Joe those things Pesci's in a film fun. where you mm -hmm. just you go through a door and I'm like, I'm never going to come out. Joe Pesci standing inside. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, so, um, so we'd be remiss not to mention 
the the reality we're living in right now um mm-hmm. you know with the pandemic and everything so how has that impacted your business how has that impacted your business and your life uh i mean how's it impacted my sure. life i've been in the house you know far too much in fact like i remember it was like april of last year i was like yo i got to get out of here and i just bounced to costa rica like this is before i was vaccinated or anything but um yeah in the beginning it was actually super difficult for the business um you know cuz we had built up a huge pipeline of new business and we hired all these people and then you know the pipeline evaporated because of the pandemic and then we built it up again and then it did it again and um i had to actually uh furlough three people for two weeks um ultimately we ended up paying everybody back and all that but you know it it really sucked to have to do that like cuz i felt like i was just letting everybody down like um you know i literally like cried in front of the team i was like yo i'm so sorry you know what i mean like i'll bring y'all back as soon as we can but like right. there's nothing i could do but um you know we we rode the wave ultimately because we had some clients that like really benefited from that like a a, a bank in the home lending mm-hmm. space and everybody's trying to buy houses right. um you know some of the the key stores that we all go to every day we had as clients so we had a few clients like we ultimately didn't lose any clients mm-hmm. um we just didn't bring on any new clients for like 3 or 4 months and that was super difficult cuz we had brought on all these new people and then you know last year it was a bit of a recovery and so that's been working well for us and then this year like this this yeah. in in January mm-hmm. um i've closed I, like i don't want to say the number but i've closed sure, sure. so much new one business billion. <laughs> i wish it was 1 billion <laughs> but like more more new business than i yeah. i usually would close in like a like 4 or 5 month period i've closed mm-hmm. in 1 month so um so things what do you are, attribute attribute that to broadly speaking uh i think it has to do one with like the marketing my marketing team has been doing mm-hmm. uh, it's been pretty good or really good actually and um yeah just like word getting around about how great the work we've been doing as of late so it's That's a combination great. of like referrals and people just seeing us out there that's wonderful. Well, I'm really happy to hear that, you know, hard times, but then you, you make the most of what you have and then yeah, go back stronger. The the other thing is that, you know, you got to be mindful of where people are, you know, because mm-hmm. like everyone is going through this, like everyone. Right. right. And so you want to push a, a little harder to like get the outcome that you need from your team so you can get the results for the client. But you also got to be mindful, like, yo, everyone is burnt out. Yeah. And um, we've had some people have to leave as a result of that. Not, not like that we had to fire them or anything, but they're just like, yo, I just can't, I just can't keep going at this pace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to be mindful of that. You got to be uh, empathic towards that. You got to understand that like every, it's not the same. And, and there's like a gear that if you're an owner of a business, you just operate at a different level than the people that work at the business. That's just like a fact. Like you mm-hmm. as a person, you're you're like, I wanna create things. I, I will do what it takes to make this thing happen. And you can't expect everyone to operate that way. You know, mm-hmm. me being me, I just always thought that's like, oh yeah, that's, that's what you do. You know, like sure. in, in music, it was always like, 
okay, I want to make this tour happen. Like I'm going to keep calling people until it happens. Most people aren't like that. They're just like, Hey, I want a tour. Oh, yeah. no one booked that tour for me. <laughs> like that's just how people are. So there is a level of um, burnout or whatever that I can exist with that most people can't. And so as a business owner, you've really got to be dialed in to the needs of those people so that they don't get burnt out. Like I'm, I'm one of those people that'll be like in a one-on-one with you, like, yo, you haven't taken a vacation in a long time. I need you mm-hmm. to take the next week off because otherwise great. people just get, you know, burnt out. Oh, that's great. I mean, that's great advice. And then I guess in, in sticking with that and sticking with advice, um, what advice would you give young creatives trying to make a name for themselves? Uh, build something. And what I mean by that, like y'all are building this podcast. Y'all are creatives. You're building your own platform. Um, you know, a, a lot of what people do is they wait for an opportunity. And that's just not where the world is at this point. It's like they're what they're waiting for people that create the opportunities for themselves and then people jump on it, whether that's brands, record labels, uh, whatever it is. Like no one is just discovering people anymore and being like, hey, let me give you the shot. They're all being like, all right, who has, you know, 3 million followers and is putting out content every day. So no matter what you do, you've got to build something. You've got to build your platform. You've got to build your audience. And that is something that you can use in a variety of ways, whether it's like with your core art, whether that's, um, you know, selling people like info products and courses and things like that. Or if you're, you, you know what I mean? Like, because if you look at someone like a Jay-Z, right? And I'm sure he's used as an example for plenty of things, but I'm going to use him here. If you look at the deals that he's done with companies, he's only able to do that because of his influence. And so, you know, we always talk about like influencers and it's kind of corny, like, yeah, you know, the girl with the half naked who has like 3 million followers and then she's doing fashion over ads and all that. Like, yeah, okay, great. But those women are making money because they built this audience and they're able to monetize it through those ads. You can do the same thing for whatever it is that you do. And I bring up Jay-Z because, you know, had he just been, I don't know, let's say he was like, I can't think of a rapper and I don't want to piss anybody off. So let's say he was just like a lesser known rapper (laughs) and he was like, yeah, I want to do a deal with HP. No, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, what does HP have to gain? So the more that you build your own platform, the more you can kind of write your own ticket for these deals. Or Gary Vee is another good example, right? Like he had, he had a K-Swiss shoe. I can't go get a sneaker. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. and he does deals with all these companies and he comes with such a position because of the influence he has, mm-hmm. the level of followers he has. So he's, he's doing partnerships. He's not going to get VC funding. He's not he's not getting record deals. He's like, yo, I bring this to the table. Let's do a partnership. And so building whatever you can build. And, you know, again, whether it's like you posting content every other day or every day or whatever it is, or doing your podcast or, you know, blogging, whatever it is to build that audience. That's what you need to do, because you can then use that a ton of ways. Like I do it with you know, I got this book coming, I'm launching software, I put out a record, like I can just do anything because I have these audiences. So 
build a platform, build an audience, and then you can leverage that in any ways that you want. So what I got from that is that you will be assisting us with our SEO so that we can have our own one love sessions case with sneaker. <laughs> you want a case with sneakers? You got to start somewhere, right? Man, I mean, Gary V is cool and all, but that sneaker is trash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, listen, we don't have choice words for what Gary V creates. But, but the man, yeah. the man, the man is confident, and that is something to admire. Nah, he does it. Like that's the thing. That's the thing. Like. Because as creatives, we want everything to be perfect. It's not mm-hmm. about being perfect. It's about getting things out there that resonate yep. with your audience. Like spend whatever time you want on the thing that you want to get perfect, but don't let that stop you from building an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right Agreed. <laughs> All right. The fun part. The fun part. All right. So um, last session of our podcast is always the same. It's okay. a little different, but always the same. Uh so last, we always end the same way with this, with a segment that we call copy, collab, erase. Okay. Now, now, like I said, you kind of an outline for the episode, but we don't send this to anyone that comes on the show because we want it right off. You know, you got to freestyle this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so copy, collab, erase. You have to pick someone of the three people we're going to give you that you would copy. It could mm-hmm. be their style, their life, whatever. Someone you would love to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. And then one person has to go. Wait, are you going to give me the people or I'm going to? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the people okay, cool, and then you're cool. going to answer. Cool. Okay, so the three people are MF Doom, Most Deaf, and Lauren Hill. This is, you got to get me in trouble. All right. <laughs> yeah. We probably Copy don't have as much to lose as he does. Race. Um, <laughs> and, and keep in mind, all strong listeners of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Not doom. No, not doom. Right, right. Not, not doom. doom. Rest in peace. Not doom anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, damn. All right. Copy. And we're, guess... we're obviously assuming that he's still around right, in this right, right. synopsis. Yes. Yeah. Copy collab or okay, okay. So copy's got to be most deaf because there was a point where he was my favorite rapper. Mm. Um, and also he's just like a really interesting guy with all types of skills and you know creative abilities. Um, collab Lauren Hill. Because sure. Lauren Hill, <laughs> you know, yeah. to say less. And um, a race. I mean, it's got to be doomed. I feel like that's a cop out. I feel like you did that because he is gone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's not, not going to be mad. I've oh, always, Jesus. I've always respected what Doom mm-hmm. does. In fact, there was a twelve inch where he was the A side and I was the B side. I was called oh. Vomit. His wow. was called Vomit. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's, it's a very different um, type of sound and, and skill set than what I do. I, I don't dislike it. It's just that, you know, no, no, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't copy him. And I, you know, I'd rather yeah, collab okay. with Lauren Hill. Yeah. Hey, you know, it makes, makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. already have my answers. Um, I, okay. I, I'm going to copy. I'm going to copy most stuff and his ability to um, to take his listener base um, and his progression and not lose them. And so, like, he, he, he was able to grow and evolve, and we were willing to stick with him during it. I, you know, for, I guess an opposite of that would be Lupe, Lupe Fiasco, right? <laughs> I think we were all on board. And then, we, and then, and then and I, I packed my bags. I was like, I put my backpack back on. I was like, I, I can't do it anymore, man. I don't know. I, you had the kick push. Yeah, I, I was here, but I got to go now. Um, 
my yeah, it's not like um like common with electric circus like we all got off board during that and had he had to get kanye to bring us back you know what i mean like most we were like all right the new danger no doubt no doubt you know I mean? yeah yeah you know we were willing to take on the name change i said all right cool i'll call you I, 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 hey if anybody's gonna be bay it's gonna be you um, <laughs> collaborate i would go with l boogie um there's something about that uh just just her impact, right? Her impact on the game. I mean, if we're bringing it back to the topic. Um, yeah, one album just in 97. You yeah. Know I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, and we go back to it, right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's like, there's there's like something that'll trigger you and say like, oh, I want to listen to this album. And then when I put it on, I want to listen to it in, in its entirety. I'm not mm-hmm. just pulling tracks out. I'm here for miseducation for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I, I've actually, uh, I've never been a Doom fan. Nothing against him personally, but it's just not somebody I listen to. Okay. So I, I'm gonna erase him because it actually wouldn't make it would actually change my my uh my story. Now, go. now if you would have replaced Doom with Ghostface, we would have had a completely right, different. Right. I was <laughs> thinking about that. I was thinking about that, and you and I have had conversations about that too, because I feel like around the time that I was working at the agency. Um, Action Bronson and that whole thing was happening. Yeah. And Ghostface was mad because Action Bronson sounded like him. And nah, nah, it wasn't because of that. It's because Action Bronson dissed him on ESPN. They were oh, like, okay. he was like, he was like, yeah, he ain't spitting like this no more. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, what? Like, what? Yeah, prior to Ghost, I never Ghost had never addressed it prior to. I'm a woo head. This would have messed. Yeah, yeah. You would have put ghost in here, it would have messed me all up too, man. It would have been copy ghosts. <laughs> and collaborate well, with ghosts too hopefully this episode doesn't lead to similar drama <laughs> uh i'll yeah, jump I'll, in real quick oh you want to go Hold yeah on. i'll go i'm, I'm okay. gonna take mike's answers i'm sorry doom he keeps getting erased yeah over and over again i'm just i'm just the least familiar um this is an interesting one because usually we have um more kind of the visual arts represented in this but this is kind of like the music creative which i'm not uh, I'm not sure how much you guys are musically inclined. So it's like, how, it's harder to evaluate how you would kind of interact with these, but you get the spirit. So I would also kind of copy most F and just like the longevity of the career and, and kind of that impact. But uh, most notably like Lauren Hill, she had the one album. So it's like, you want more, right? You always want more. So you want to collaborate in that sense because you always want more to give more to leave to the world. Yeah, yeah, like Nas bringing her on to his last album, right? Oh, we were, mm-hmm. we were like, we that. were like, yeah, that's the song I want to hear. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she bodied that. But I mean, the thing is that we do have to say here is that Doom had such a big cultural impact on oh, like sure. underground culture and everything. And you know, like once once he was on like Adult Swim and doing all like the stuff with Danger Mouse and everything, like he was clearly the biggest underground rapper. Um, and there's been a lot of people who were influenced by him, whether that's like your your mock homies and all these other like younger kids and things like that. Um, and also like West Side Gun clearly was a listener of Doom, even though he sounds more like a, you know, someone who learned a lot from Ghostface, not to say that he's biting him or anything like that. Don't come for me, Griselda. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Griselda yeah. right now is undefeated. I mean, Griselda is giving life to all 40 plus rappers that are like, yo, it's my time again. 
Um, but yeah, like Doom did so much for hip hop culture. So you can't really discount that. It's just in this situation. No, right. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's just getting a yeah. race right now. Noted. I, I should have put I should have put three. Ghostface yeah. in there. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I am also <laughs> gonna erase Doom, which sucks. Um I would collaborate with most deaf just because who wouldn't want to collaborate with most deaf? I just feel like <laughs> just to be in the room with him, like. I would just collaborate on let's just make a cup of coffee and just tell me things. Like, I don't he care. might make a good cup of coffee. He might. Probably, he, yeah. might. Yeah. <laughs> he seems he like might. a heavy coffee drinker to me. There you go. <laughs> and I would I would copy Lauren Hill because, like you guys said, to be able to drop one album, be a legend, and then spend the next almost 25 years being late to everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's your dream. I'm with that, bro. That's your <laughs> Spent 25 years being late and people are like, yeah. Hey, okay. listen. They're cool. still going to give you another they did chance. That thing. They did that thing in the 90s. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this segment has probably had the most hot takes since we've started it. <laughs> and th- I, and I, bet, um, I bet this is the one that's going to get the most listen that we're going to have to explain the shit now. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're canceled. <laughs> hey, Damn. Mike. Thank you, brother, for making yeah. the time, for kicking it with us, for chopping it up, sharing your story. It means it means a lot to us, and we think our listeners are gonna are gonna have a lot to uh, a lot of food for thought. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. This has been fantastic, and you know I'm gonna continue to tune in and promote these when I see they go live. Um, and so, how do our listeners listen right now? We'll put it in the show notes, but why don't you just tell them how they find you, where they where they can look for you. Yeah, so if you're looking for the agency stuff, that's iPoolRank.com. I'm at iPoolRank on all the channels. Uh, you're looking for the music, it's bestrapperever.com. 